0: You're walking around and you're kind of like, all right, God doesn't really like me. God loves me. What does that even mean if God doesn't really like me? And it kind of feels like God is just keeping me around for like a better version of myself, which actually like doesn't, you know, it doesn't create a sense of like security or connection. It feels it feels like rejection. It's like, even though I know God loves me, I'm, I, I'm experiencing this sense of rejection.
1: Hi, I'm Mark Smeeby, and welcome to Saving My Faith. I know these days it can seem like everybody and their dog has a podcast, uh, but honestly, the thing that has held me back has been fear. And I'm taking this time to say I don't want fear to hold me back from being fully who I'm supposed to be, who I'm created to be, to do the things that I really truly wanna do that I believe have worth and value. And so here we are at the first episode of my podcast. The main impetus behind this was the fact that I have this weird like hobby talent that pays the bills called audiobook narration. And uh, I recently narrated the most spectacular book. And I thought, man, if I could talk to that author, that would be amazing. And then like, what if I recorded that and then shared it with people? I bet that would be a really great way to kick off the podcast. So that's where we are today. Love you don't know me personally. Um, you may have like seen something on Facebook or been to one of my concerts or read a book or heard a song or something like that, but to be honest with you, my faith, which has always been a huge part of my life, has really taken a beating over the years, but I still want to hang on to it. Even though organized religion can seem to be a really messy and painful mistress, promising love and connection, but instead offering hypocrisy and shame. Uh... But I don't wanna throw the baby Jesus out with the bathwater because I still believe there's so much wisdom within Christianity that can truly revolutionize our world. And I wanna help fight through the clutter and find the really, really good stuff. I want to save my faith and maybe help save yours too. My guest today is therapist and author Crispin Mayfield. Crispin lives in Oregon with his wife DL and their two children and their new little puppy. I found Crispin on Twitter and loved how he lives in the intersection of faith and psychology because I am also a huge believer in the interconnectedness of those two topics. Like I mentioned, I got asked to narrate the audiobook for Crispin's new book and it blew me away. I was literally in tears several times during the recording session. The book is called Attached to God, A Practical Guide to Deeper Spiritual Experience, and I can't recommend it enough. I'm excited to talk with Crispin and share with you this awesome man and his life-changing insights. Oh man. I am just over the moon to have this time with you and um yeah. and I, I can't be effusive enough about um your book, but I've already told you all that, so I don't have <laughs> to I don't wanna go overboard. But I actually own a copy. I bought a copy. Oh so uh-huh. and I love it so much. Now I can turn the pages and mark stuff and I I feel like this is one of those books that's um That I can keep coming back to for a long time so I mean like wow like how are you feeling these days like what's it like being you these days (laughs) it's funny it's 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 been really like
0: rewarding to have people you know reading it and like uh it's especially nice when like people are on twitter like quoting something you know so that's really nice um and then it's funny because uh, you know, also life goes on and <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's like both of those things, but it's, it's really nice as, as uh you know, the day, like, you know, I just go through my week and things will pop up on Twitter or whatever, you know, like just this morning, someone said like, this was incredibly healing for me. And um, so, yeah, it's really neat. And it's really, you know, the, the book is just like, Hear all the things that were really healing for me, you know. So I just feel like I'm kind of like passing it on.
1: Yes, that's fantastic. What yeah. what a great legacy, like just to throw out into the universe mm-hmm. all this healing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like I don't know if there's a greater honor mm-hmm. than that. So, yeah. um, so thanks for being up to the challenge. Good grief, <laughs> it's no easy task.
0: My wife is, you know, has his published she's about to publish her third book this fall and so it's just been interesting to see like kind of the different like the different approaches i guess you know she um she's amazing and like definitely has like her kind of corner of the internet um and so but it's really interesting because for her people are generally reading her book because it's like i know who you are and i want to hear more from you Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, it's been more like, oh, like I've, you know, I'll, like a lot of people have been like, I've thought about this a little bit before, or like, I just learned about attachment theory. So it's, you know, kind of a different approach to people like entering the content, but it's so it's been cool. Cause it's like, I, you know, no one knows who I am, but there's been so much like resonance. So it was, you know, I mean, you're in the kind of in the, uh, the field I don't know if that's the the industry so like you know having NPR have like uh attachment styles like uh you know uh piece on their front page the week that the book came out that sort of stuff is like you know just awesome. really helps with like you know helping people like get introduced to it
1: yes I love that end up your wife's name is DL right? uh uh-huh, yeah mm-hmm. and um I found you first on Twitter. Okay. And I was like, oh, this guy and his intersection of psychology and faith is like so intriguing to me. I was with a therapist once and I said, I love the combination of psychology and faith. And he goes, that's called spirituality. (laughs) Okay. All right. I love that. I love that. Then I find out there there's this D.L. Mayfield, and I wonder I wonder if they're related, but who knows that they're actually yeah. sharing a house and doing, like, Twitter wars from one room to the other. <laughs> wow. So you both are so prolific, and I definitely want to let people know that they can find you both on Twitter. Yeah. There's some really, really beautiful content. So people are gonna find you, they are gonna buy this book because I'm not gonna be able to stop talking about it because <laughs> it's so beautiful. Um, before we dive into like the meaty stuff, could you just share just a little bit about your background? We have a lot in common <laughs> from our background as learning how to be really, really, really good Christian boys mm-hmm. in particular. And some of us shed it earlier than others. Um <laughs> bummed that you won that contest. I decided to wait until I was in my mid-50s to share that. Um, That might sound like total blasphemy to some people, but we're going to talk about that. So just give us a little bit of background into who you are, and um, I think that'll be really helpful.
0: Yeah, I am a, a pastor's kid, so growing up in Southern Oregon, my dad was a pastor there, and then... When I was 12, we moved overseas to be missionaries to China. So I'm also a missionary kid. Okay. Um, and so I have this, yeah, ministry background. I went to Bible college, got my master's in counseling there. But then um, rather than going to get my license right away, I actually joined a mission organization called Interchange. Um and we were involved in my wife and I uh, were involved in Minneapolis um, and particularly a, a refugee There's a really big refugee community there. Yes. Um, and she was she teaches English and um, so more, much more of like kind of a social work uh, vibe. Um, and and then these these last few years, I have focused on couples therapy and ADHD. I'm at an ADHD clinic. And um, and for me, it was this couples therapy approach that is really based on attachment theory that was really transformative for me because I was looking at these things and it really, you know, coming from this evangelical background, I was trying really hard to be a good Christian boy. Right, I did all the things. Oh yeah, you know, growing up in ministry, uh, going into ministry. And it wasn't until I was reading some of this attachment research that I was like, oh, this actually like kind of puts in perspective some feelings that I've had for a long time of this, like insecurity that I have, Mm. that it was like, I didn't even know, first of all, how to put it into words. And secondly, like, am I allowed to feel this way? Right. Um, you know, just that feeling of like, yeah, I I'm doing it. Okay. But if I screw up or if I slow down or if I, um, don't try so hard like is it still gonna be okay and so um that definitely it wasn't you know until i was like in my early 30s um that those pieces came started to come together so
1: i love that you said am i even allowed to have these feelings or ask these questions and um, i know for a fact the answer is no you're not allowed To ask these questions, you're not allowed to have these feelings because that's indicative of a lack of faith. Mm-hmm. It's indicative that you're not um, you're not actually close to God. Because if you were close to God, then you wouldn't be having any of these feelings of doubt or confusion or these questions. I just want to pour a whole big bucket of water over that and put out that horrible fire and and send it back to where that belongs. Because I know that there's at least one person that's listening that feels like they're the only one in their circle that is feeling these things that they're feeling and they can't dare bring it up because they'll lose their friends. And that is just so Mm -hmm. heartbreaking to me. And I know how real that is.
0: Just on that topic, like I just, I remember like sitting in like a church service and looking around and being like, everyone else seems to be like getting this. Right. Am I the only one that is feeling this way?
1: You are me. Thank you for saying that. And I feel that even nowadays, like with this huge worship music movement, everyone's like, they they know all the lyrics to all these songs and they're crying. And, and I'm just kind of like, uh, I'm not feeling anything. And I'm like, wow, I must really have a dark, dark heart, just a big mm-hmm. stone inside of my chest. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so... I love that you address that in the book even too. So let me ask you this. Do you have a favorite movie?
0: Yeah, um, Pitch Perfect.
1: Okay, all
0: right. I I just love, uh, yeah, Pitch Perfect is one of my favorite movies. I can continually go back and watch it. Just because, you know, it's funny. There's like a romance element, but especially just like I love music. And so, yes. you know, there's that, that element. Super great.
1: <laughs> great vocal arrangements. I love that. It was super fun out of that do you have like a favorite music group or artist or album something musically that you keep going back to
0: that yeah that's a hard like a hard question because there's so much that i love um and uh right now i i got the um like the latest taylor swift red uh album on vinyl which is like four records um so i've just been playing that over and over um but uh probably my favorite is this uh alternative band called me without you that started out like post hardcore if you're not familiar with that genre in a in a general sense you know hard rock with yelling vocals mostly um and a lot of poetry and mysticism
1: you also confess in the book so it's not non public that <laughs> one of your one of your favorite ways to um unwind meditate relax uh is sitting in front of a television with a little controller in your hands uh-huh. <laughs> and losing yourself in a video game right yeah Fantastic. What's your go-to game?
0: Um, I, I'll i just like play and replay the Zelda games over and
1: over. So. I was going to say Zelda. <laughs> I was going to nail yeah, you as a right, Zelda. Yeah. Let's dive into the book, Attached to God by Crispin Mayfield. I'm so glad that we're here together <laughs> for this time. I, I just feel so honored that you're giving me this time. So backing up to how we both shared that we grew up as these young kids with a lot of expectations on us to behave and to believe a certain way and yet and yet kind of carrying around inside of us this feeling of like i'm not sure if i'm doing it right uh, maybe I'm not feeling what it appears that everyone else is feeling, everyone else seems so happy, why am I so melancholy, even though we never used the word melancholy as a kid, <laughs> <laughs> but what was I doing wrong? What's holding me back from feeling that closeness to God, this closeness that just seems to be continually advertised from the front of the church? So I I just put it on myself that there was something wrong with me, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I still wonder if there is, of course, <laughs> but the truth is yes of course there is so (laughs) so how would you uh, address the question of like this is a very large (laughs) bold question but like why don't people believe that they're loved by god and like how can we help them to start to believe that they are
0: yeah a huge question. <laughs> I love it though. We can just
1: take it in little bites. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Well, I you know, one of the big questions is like where does this insecurity come from? And we don't, you know, that can come from a lot of different places. So sometimes people are coming into the church already having, you know, some insecurity around like, you know, I I don't think that I'm inherently lovable and maybe I got that message from my parents or Um, You know, even like uh, working at an ADHD clinic, if you grew up with ADHD and you have a hard time sitting still and finishing things like you're going to you're going to feel like there's something wrong with you Mm. just from the society that you grew up in. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. You're going to be the bad kid. And so there are all these reasons that people can come into the church feeling like, you know, I'm not really lovable. And uh, then you get to the church and and there's this message of God loves you. Right. Um, and some people are able to just like take that in and believe that, especially yeah. if you come that's amazing. come from a place of like, oh yeah, like I know that I'm loved. Um but for some of us, uh, and you know who you are, <laughs> you're the that person that's like, if there's a but or an if or a like yes. caveat here, yes. like that's what I'm focused on, yes. right? And yep. And the church does that a lot, is like God loves you, but, but. you know, right. And so and and so that's, I think, where a lot of it comes from is like this. I, I, I think about for me, even as a teenager, I grew up feeling like, okay, like I, I know that God loves me, um, but God is really holy and wants me to be holy and wants me to be perfect was what I thought. Mm-hmm. And so there was this sense of like, okay, well, one day, like I'll get to heaven and I'll be made perfect in the twinkling of an eye. And then God will really like me right right and and so uh you know you're walking around and you're kind of like all right god doesn't really like me god loves me what does that even mean if god doesn't really like me and it kind of feels like god is just keeping me around for like a better version of myself Mm. which actually like doesn't you know it doesn't create a sense of like security or connection no it feels it feels like rejection it's like even though I know God loves me, I'm I'm experiencing this sense of rejection. And, and if you pay attention to the certain caveats, right, you'll hear those messages in the church, you'll hear things like, yeah, God loves you. But, you know, God really wants you to be, you know, be a better person and not sin. And, you know, and then if you can't do those things, if you you know or a teenager and you're like why can't i just be a perfect person or you're 35 and you're like (laughs) you know why can't i just you know stop sinning then you end up with this feeling of like yeah god is just disappointed in me and it's really hard to feel that love from god if it's like you know it just always feels like yeah you love me but you're also disappointed in me
1: Mm -hmm. and unfortunately i feel like that kind of love but conditioning is so prevalent in our society like Mm -hmm. even you get a job for instance uh, we love you you're great in this position but if you mess up then there's consequences Mm -hmm. that makes sense to me honestly Uh, but But we never really have that opportunity to experience that kind of unconditional, like no buts Mm -hmm. approach to being loved. I read somewhere that somebody said that maybe the closest we get is like maybe a parent with an infant Mm -hmm. or maybe a person with their brand new dog. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really hard to have true unconditional love between humans because obviously... If you 're hurting me, there's going to be some conditions, some boundaries mm-hmm. to my love. I could maybe still love you from a distance but but what do you think about that? What do you think are some ways that we can actually experience or understand what unconditional love is opposed to just some sort of imagination that yes, oh yes, God loves me unconditionally, and I completely understand that even though I've never understood it or uh-huh. experienced it
0: yeah i mean it's it's interesting um the attack if you read attachment research on you know attachment and religion uh the researchers are like you know god is the ultimate attachment figure because you know there's nothing you can do that will ever separate you from god and god is always there and god is always loving and god is always there for you and um and it's like well you didn't grow up in the church i grew up in (laughs) (laughs) right for me it was like you know, God is close as long as you do this long list of things that keeps God close. Right. Um, but you know, I think uh, I, I maybe it's because I'm a therapist, but I think that uh, thinking of God as a therapist, which obviously there weren't therapists in biblical times, but Jesus talks about um, God being, you know, the great physician. Mm -hmm. um and and i think that healing approach is really helpful so when i think about clients that come into my office um you know they're suffering they might be hurting themselves and other people in their lives right and we're not going to just like whitewash that but i'm not saying like oh my gosh you're so disgusting get out of here until you're fixed right i'm like oh i'm really glad you're here um I like you. I can u- usually see the good in that person and, and genuinely like them. I say usually because they're just occasionally our people who are people were like, I'm like, this is, uh, you know, you got to find a therapist that really likes you. because <laughs> right. That's really important. And it's not um, me, but it's not me. <laughs> right. Exactly. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> But you know, generally like, yeah, the people that come into my office, I'm like, I, you know, I see you, I'm glad you're here. Mm -hmm. And I want to do some healing work with you because we don't want to stay here, but this isn't like, you don't have to do the healing work for me to be happy to see you or for us to like have this connection. And, and even like, don't worry, like I'm in charge of the healing part. You're going to have to take some risks. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but like, this isn't up to you. This is up to me to set the treatment plan. And I think it's the same with God. God's Mm. like, so glad you're here. Like we see that I'm kind of skipping ahead a bit, but we see that in the prodigal son, right. Um, God just delights in us. And, and that doesn't mean that like, we're not like, God doesn't want to heal us and, and move forward, um, personally and like, as a community, but that doesn't have anything to do with God's desire to be near us, which is I think one of the biggest things in the church is like, well, you gotta shape up if you're gonna really stay close to God. you could, mm. you know as long as you're coming and confessing your sin at that initial moment, like you can come to the altar, yeah, but if you're gonna stay in the pews, like then you gotta start to change. and I don't think that's how God actually works
1: mm. Wow. Do you think that we hold back on telling people how unbelievably and unconditionally loved they are? Because we think that that in that we're giving them some permission to keep doing what you're doing. And uh-huh. like, if you just think that you're so loved, maybe you're just going to keep on being uh, a reprobate a sinner that you are. Right. But isn't it actually love that changes us? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's true biblically um you know that of course true love casts out fear yes um and there's so much of our behaviors that are rooted in fear that you know so much of our sin that's rooted in in fear i think we see that like i think that's really clear in the old testament texts right like we see that play out over and over where like israel they, they end up turning to other gods or engaging in these, in the, you know, they end up sinning because they can't trust God. And so if we're going to, if we're going to make better choices, then we have to have trust. And there's actually research that supports this too. So um, people with a secure attachment that know, like I'm loved no matter what I do, kind of paradoxically end up making more ethical decisions
1: Mm. Um, (laughs) and
0: I think that there's some mechanics to that which is like if I know that I'm loved and accepted um, then I can manage my emotions better yeah I can you know I'm not not as uh, you know I might feel jealous or I might feel angry and I can say okay like I this is okay that I'm feeling this way I don't need to like act on it in this way Um, I know it just came out but Pixar's Turning Red uh, movie just came out. And that's like such a beautiful picture of, um, you know, this girl with big emotions. And when she experiences connection and acceptance, um, it really helps bring bring those emotions down and she's able to regulate. And, and I, you know, that really, that's what I think, um, unfortunately, some leaders in the church have missed is knowing that like when we are, accepted, when we are loved, loved, when we have that sense of security, it actually, that's that's the way to transformation and, and the way to discipleship. Putting it in broad strokes, I, I've known enough pastors that have said, well, what people really need to know is how broken and sinful they are because they don't know that. <laughs> and, mm. um, and, and I don't think that that's the thing that people are missing no (laughs) especially if you've grown up in the church you've right you've heard that message your whole life what you need to hear is you know like the prodigal son like you can totally turn your back on god you can be totally just a mess and if you show up god is going to run to you and embrace you
1: Mm, i love that so much thank you thank you i want to make sure that um We're not just bashing the church here. I know because it's so easy, and also we're just sharing honestly from our stories, Mm -hmm. from our experiences. I've had so many negative experiences and have been treated so badly in so many churches, but there is hope. There are still places where people gather in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, however you want to name it. Where there is love, where there is connection, where there is community, and where people are allowed to bring their whole selves, mm-hmm. and there aren't these expectations of being cleaned up, I, I might venture that some of those most holy places are usually in the basement of churches mm-hmm. around noon, weekdays, uh-huh. and uh, maybe some <laughs> coffee drinking, and uh, <laughs> those might be the the holy places in uh-huh. the church. Yeah,
0: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, thinking about AA, thinking about, um, I've been in in different church programs. Um, I was at a church that had the refuge ministry was what it was called. And it was like, you know, 200 people that would meet on Wednesday nights and, you know, in small groups split up um, and sharing and connecting. And that really is like, what is so powerful about the church. And I think what God wants is healing communities yes um and and i think like you know i think the other thing like what i said before is you know i think sometimes christian leaders don't know that they want balance right they're like i i want to balance between god's love and you need to you know and i don't think it's always coming from a bad place but for those of us that are really insecure like myself We just know like, all right, well, I'm going to really fixate on this part. Um, And I think what gets missed sometimes is like, we really, there, if there are people coming into the church that, that have this uh, need to know, like an overemphasis, some might call it on God's love, then, (laughs) which I don't think really exists, but, you know, some people might frame it that way. I think we need to to give preference to those people we don't need balance we need good news to the people that feel really insecure or you know that per like i think about that person that barely made it to church that day that's struggling with feelings of you know self-hatred uh you know maybe they're right in the middle of a big depressive episode um and they've barely made it in and they're sitting in the back of the church what does that person need to hear um because you know, I think that, uh, I think the Old Testament law and Paul continually makes it clear, like in our community, we want to pay most attention to that person that's suffering the most or has the most need. Mm. Um, and I think that really creates a healing place. Mm. And um, if other people don't need to hear, uh, you know, that God loves them unconditionally, that's okay. They can hear it too.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly. You can never hear it enough. <laughs> I absolutely agree. When I think about the people that are maybe needing some hope, that maybe they want to find a church, it 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 almost sounds like from what we're both saying is that the healing doesn't necessarily happen on that 10 o'clock Sunday morning mm-hmm. hour when the band is playing and the smoke machine is going <laughs> and, it, you know, Nothing against that sort of, but uh, it doesn't necessarily happen on that Sunday morning, but it probably will happen more easily in the context of a smaller group where you're actually able to have some some authentic connection with people and that is so difficult to find even in church because there aren't enough people that are really trained in how to be authentic and how to create those environments of safety and trust because it for me being a a very non-trusting person i'm always kind of wondering is your authenticity actually authentic Mm -hmm. or Is your desire for me, to be honest, really a desire to kind of control me and manipulate me, and then you'll use it against me, Mm. like has been done in the past? Mm -hmm. So, like, how how would you speak some hope to that person that's going, I don't know how I can trust again, but I feel this hankering to do so? Like, Mm. what would be some... Simple, like a, maybe like a first step or two for that person.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there, I think it is important because those dynamics do happen, and not not everyone is safe um because not everyone, um like you said, kind of has that training. And and there are people that, out of really good intentions, you know, they're leading that small group, and they think, you know, my my role in the small group is to make sure that uh you know we have rock solid theology and uh squash all the questions um and so i think um you know really um finding places that have been intentional about creating safety um is really helpful and and um and so you know that sometimes that means um finding a specific ministry um you know, like I said, I was, I was part of, uh, refuge, which was, uh, a lay counseling ministry. Um, and there was training. It wasn't like extensive training, but, um, but it was, you know, how do we create a safe place? How do we, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the ground rules is we don't preach sermons to each other, right? <laughs> like, right. we don't like, this is the place for people to share. Um, so when someone shares that they're, you know, going through a, you know depression you don't tell them all the bible verses about how they why they should be happy you just listen right mm. um yes. and one of the most important relationships in my life has come out of one of those groups this guy that um is my dad's age and uh just super sweet and um and we've we were in a group together for you know 12 weeks or whatever but uh we've kept up a friendship uh i guess 5 years now and um, And, you know, just like I I always think about I'll meet him for coffee and he's he I remember this one time he told me he was like, you know, if you need to get going, that's fine. I'm retired like, you know, you know, I got lots of time like you can hang out as long as you want, but like, you know, don't feel pressure to stay like I know you have kids to take care of. It was just the most sort of like he and he said, like, you know, "I, I love every moment I get to spend with you but um but if you need to go like that's fine too it was just this most generous like no strings attached mm. sort of like message of like you know i really like you and um and that's hard to find right like there's, mm. there's so much in our world is like all right what's the expectations here right, like right. you know we we went out for coffee like i i feel like i need to get back to my kids um and get my day going but like i don't want to let you down and and just for someone to say like, I'm just here for you, yes, you know, was really wonderful and not everyone gets that experience, but that, and that came out of, you know, this community where we said like here, you know, we want this to be a safe healing place and we're going to set some ground rules, um, to create some safety there.
1: That's awesome. And now that you've had that, uh, model to you now, uh, the onus is on you to model that uh-huh. like p- pass that right. on which i'm certain you do and on that note i will keep the zoom meeting open as long as you want uh, you can leave <laughs> you can come back i'll just be sitting here just waiting with grace for you. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> that would be creepy <laughs> Oh man, you've been listening to my conversation with Crispin Mayfield talking about his brand new book, Attached to God. And wow, isn't he awesome? (laughs) I love this concept of just letting God be our healer and um, just resting in the fact that God isn't sitting there waiting for us to get our act together, but the fact that we are so loved unbelievably just the way we are and that in fact it's that love that will change us that will help us to make better decisions, to help us grow in self-respect and um, learn how to um, trust other people as we learn to trust ourselves even better. So I'm so grateful for this conversation with Crispin. It's not over yet, but I do want to keep these podcasts at a very reasonable length. So I'm going to end this episode right here. And then I'm going to bring back the second half of my conversation with Crispin for the next episode. And I can't wait for you to hear we're going to talk really specific about some different attachment styles and um there's a really powerful story i can't wait for you to hear
0: and i see this uh statue of mary and baby jesus and i just heard in it not audibly but uh god say you know this is like you and me you can cry on my chest um it's okay like i'm just here for you and um and my my gut reaction was like That's not what I was taught, like, you know.
1: I hope today has given you some permission to feel some of the feelings that you have been having. But uh, if you're like me at all, sometimes you you judge your feelings. You're like, oh, I shouldn't be having that feeling or that's a bad feeling or that's a good feeling when in fact they're just, they're just feelings and uh, they're not right or wrong but how we respond to those determine a lot of our own healthiness and uh, I hope today has been very encouraging to you that if you've been having uh, feelings of doubt and questions and wondering about God that you're not alone you're not alone it might seem like everybody else has it all figured out but <laughs> yeah nobody does nobody does Feel free to check out the whole video in interview format on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash msmeby, i I've got some exciting interviews planned coming up. I can't wait to unveil them to you. Hey, I'd love to hear from you, and you know how you can do that. You can give me a phone call. Yeah, I'm going to give you a phone number, all right? It's area code 612-466-0069. I'd love to hear your comments on today's podcast. I'd love to hear any questions that you might have or some particular topics that you'd like to hear explored during this podcast. I'd like to hear if there's something in particular that has helped save your faith that maybe you'd like to share with our other listeners. I'd love to hear from you again, 612-466-0069. I'm gonna put all these links and information in all the show notes as well. Thank you for joining me on my very, very first episode. Don't forget to uh, subscribe however you listen to it so then you'll be informed immediately when the next episode comes out, or you can also come to savingmyfaith.com and you can subscribe there via email. We're in this together. You are not alone and you are deeply loved. See you later.